I would say it's just so rewarding in that um, I don't want to just teach and not have the platform of Young Life at night to say, I mean, I taught math, math's important, okay, you're going to use it, blah, blah, blah. But then when I get to give a club talk or a campaigners, I start with, I teach you math during the day. It's important that you know it. You need to know it for several reasons. But more important than any math lesson I could ever teach you are the things I get to talk to you about here tonight. And then that would be a club talk or even a campaigners. That was Glenda Rice, who is a Young Life hero to me and hundreds of her students, probably thousands. She was a high school math teacher and a Young Life leader for over 30 years. In this episode, she gets to share her wisdom of leading Young Life and being a high school math teacher. Welcome to the Young Life Midlands podcast. This episode, I interviewed Glenda Rice, who is now on Young Life staff helping train and equip teachers who lead or want to be Young Life leaders. You might be wondering, who is this episode for? Maybe you're a college student who's a leader and you're an education major and you're wondering, when do those roads intersect when I get out of college? You could be a teacher who has a heart for her students and want to share the incredible story of God's amazing love for them, but you don't really have a platform to do so. Or maybe you're a Young Life leader, in which case you get to hear 30 years of experience of being a volunteer leader. Yes, you can be a leader outside of college. Without further ado, here's my interview with Glenda Rice. Well, how about first before we dive in, let's start off by um, introduce yourself and how you first got introduced with Young Life. Okay. Um, so I am a retired teacher, retired high school math teacher. Most of all my career actually was in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I coached men's volleyball, but that was a wonderful experience and led Young Life. Um, actually when I started leading, I was coaching freshman girls volleyball and a girl came to practice with a little quarter piece of paper and it had a kind of a cartoon on it and an address. And she said, there's this thing starting in our school tonight. It's called Young Life. Should I go? Okay, well, I should preface that with saying this is my second introduction to Young Life because it was starting out in my high school when I was a high school student. Really? I went to club only. Where did I, you go to high school at? I went to Columbus West. Okay. I am a city kid. Um, and I went to club only. I did not go to campaigners. I did not go with them to Colorado to camp, things I will regret yeah. my whole life. Uh, so I had, done, I had done some young life in high school, not a ton. And then my player, my volleyball player, came up to me one day with this thing we called maps, which very rarely had a map on it. And it was a cartoon with the address of where club was. This is pre-texting, pre-internet, mm -hmm. pre-any of that. Uh, and she said, should I, this is this young life thing, should I go to it tonight? I said, yes, you should go, and you should ask if they need any leaders. She came back the next day. She said... It was amazing. That was the first club ever at this school, and yes, they need leaders. Exactly. So that's how I got started leading. Do you know who were the leaders at that club? Bob Klein was the staff guy in Southwest Columbus at that time. I was at Westland High School. Uh, he was there another three years and then left town. Gosh, that's awesome. What, so you, you've been with, how many years would you say you've been involved with Young Life? 
Wow. Um, over 30. There are some of the years of my teaching career where I couldn't completely lead mm -hmm. because I was taking grad classes, which is required, and they would be on Mondays and Wednesday nights, which of course are Young Life nights. Yeah. So over 30, but they're not continuous because there were a couple years that I just would have conversations with kids about what I missed the night before when yeah. they had club or campaigners. So you're now on staff with Young Life. My title, and I have to read it because yeah. I still am learning it. <laughs> is Regional Initiatives Coordinator for Teachers and Mentoring. That's awesome. I'm still learning exactly what my job is, but my dream in the whole thing is that um, I was so excited about the being able to be a teacher and one hall pass away from students all day long and be as caring with them and giving and attentive to them all day long but because I worked in a public high school, I couldn't tell them about Jesus directly. Mm -hmm. When I'm a young life leader, then that evening I can go to club or campaigners or even have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them over coffee, where then I can tell them the heart behind all of my actions during the day. So with this kind of new initiative um, role you have on, what is what are some of the things you're trying to do with that? Um, are you trying to find teachers become leaders, college students who are going to be teachers? Like, what is kind of your hope in that? Yeah, the focus of my teaching, the part of the job for teachers, is to facilitate opportunities for people to be teacher leaders. So it could be someone is an education major in college, mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure out how am I going to be a teacher and how my students respect me during the day but at night get a pie in my face yeah. <laughs> what am I gonna do about what are they gonna call me are they gonna call me by my last name all the time are they gonna call me by my first name all the time are they gonna think they can come play practical jokes on me because we're mm -hmm. friends so there are all these kinds of things they try to navigate yeah. trying to figure out um, how they can be a professional teacher but also a relational young life leader and I would say that they feed off each other and being a good teacher makes you a better young life leader. Being a relational young life leader makes you a better teacher mm. and gives you more opportunities. There are also opportunities then for people who are teachers in an area where we want to start young life. Maybe we can't afford a staff person yeah. or maybe they don't have a college where they can get leaders and so they go to the school, they find teachers who first of all love Jesus, second of all love kids, kids feel loved by the teacher. And then I can teach them how to be a young life leader, mm. that how to be intentional, how to be relational, how to still be professional, how to have good, solid boundaries, uh, but not be so distant that you can't have meaningful conversations and not be so close that I don't know, maybe it makes people on maybe it makes your coworkers uncomfortable or such. Yeah or even your administrators. And then the third thing um, is part of that is then helping teacher, lead, teachers and leaders who are already doing both, but who struggle with certain issues or try to, are trying to just figure out what their teaching and leading style is and talk through those circumstances. Yeah, that's so great because one, as. When, yeah, when we were an area director in Buford, one of my best mm -hmm. friends, Seth Canoza, he was a leader. Mm -hmm. And I know the tension, he would always walk in with that of like, what can I say, what can't I say? And knowing that 
there are so many advantages of being a young life leader and a teacher mm -hmm. and disadvantages. So um, from your experience of doing it, what are just some of the advantages and disadvantages of being a leader and being a teacher at a school? Okay, I'm gonna start with the advantages. Yeah, good advice. Um, they'll probably cross over a little bit. I would just say the, the first advantage is that we are there all day with them. So basically it's paid contact work but you're also being a good teacher. Yeah. So I'm one hall pass away. You know, that girl could come to my door and when she was upset, she didn't have to wait two hours. She didn't have to just text me. Mm. Actually, it was before texting. <laughs> um, but she could be right there. There was another instance where something had happened in someone's family the night before. And the next day at school, I could have just texted and she would have said, I'm fine. Because I was at the school, I went down to her art class, got her out for a couple minutes and said, hey, how are you feeling about last night? She said, I'm fine. And then looked at me and just started crying because she really wasn't fine. Yeah. If someone had just texted her or talked to her briefly, they would have gotten uh, an answer that wasn't right. But because I could be there, I could look them in the eye and caringly say, how are you really doing? They can be honest mm. with me. There's also just the shared experience, dumb things, like we had a fire drill out in the rain. Oh, wasn't that crazy today? Yeah. Or we had the most boring assembly ever. Or that per just all the different things that go on are shared experiences that we can talk about. Mm. A, a teacher will know more students in the school than even the best amazing young life leader because you have 30 students, five or six classes a day, sometimes more than 30. You may run a study hall or a lunch duty. You coach a team, you have all those players. And so you tend to know a lot more people in the school than even leaders do. In my last year of teaching, three of my students who hadn't come to Young Life anything came to Young Life camp. Mm. Mostly because they'd seen camp brochures sticking out of my bag. They fit horizontally in my bag, but I stick them in vertically, pictures out, so that people see them and camp pictures on my screensaver. Because mm. at that point we had smart boards. Uh, there are some disadvantages. During the school day, I will not invite a student to anything Young Life. If I want them invited, I just get a campaigner person that I know really well and say, I would really love for this person to come to club tonight, will you invite them? Mm. And when you're talking to them, you can tell them I would love for them to go too. So I, there are a few limitations. During the contractual day, the students are considered a captive audience, and that's when we can't do any inviting. Outside the school day, we can. But we also have to perceive ourselves, we're perceived as an authority figure. So even if a person comes to club or campaigners, I typically don't even respond to that much. So I might say, hey, did you have fun last night? Or it was good to see you. Mm -hmm. um, I wait till they've been three times. And then I'll be so bold, and this is hashtag sarcasm, <laughs> as to say, hey, will I see you tonight yeah. on the club night? Still no pressure because they perceive me as an authority figure. And mm -hmm. sometimes they'll say, oh, if I quit going, my grade will lower, or they'll grade me harder, yeah. or they won't like me. None of those things are true. Mm -hmm. But we have to navigate that a little bit carefully. Yeah. Generally, the three categories where people have questions in teaching and leading is first of all, what is legal and what is not. Yeah. The second one is time management. Teaching takes a lot of time. Leading takes a lot of time. Yeah. The trick is to really take advantage of the overlap, which there is some, mm -hmm. uh, and they, they help each other in both those situations. And then the third one is navigating the boundaries. 
being professional by day, being relational outside of school. And I would even say teachers who are relational, it's, uh, if you can call it data on edutopia, yeah. been said that teachers who are relational are way more effective. Yeah. So being, so, but we try to navigate how to be professional during the day where we have to keep control of our class and then maybe that night get a pie in our face or whatever happens at club and then come back the next day and run our classroom. And there are the boundaries of being in a cabin with kids at camp. Kids have real, um, real intense stories. Sometimes I think they talk to teachers also, mm -hmm. but they'll come to their young life leader with things that are happening in life. We have to figure out how to deal with those. Um, yeah, those kind of situations. Yeah. So in that, obviously there's just tons of stories and memories. What stories with the young life in, in the year 30 years that you're going, this one sticks out the most for some reason? Okay, here's one of my favorite stories. So uh, if you're a teacher leader, first of all, you're a teacher first during the school day. I have to do a good job as a teacher and remain professional during the school day because that's what I'm getting paid to do. So I was teaching a lesson and there was a girl that appeared outside my door um, and she was crying, sobbing basically. I looked out and I'm teaching a lesson, so I can't just walk away from my lesson. You mm. might think, there's a girl crying outside your door, you should go answer. But if I'm a professional, I have to stay in my classroom. So this is a while ago, so um, it was, we used overheads. I am not a linear thinker. I know math teacher I should be, <laughs> but I kept everything already typed on transparency so I could flip them on the overhead and teach from those, kind of kept me in line. Yeah. Um, so I get to an example, and I'm, and she's still standing out there. I'm like, just wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I get to this example, and I say to my class, okay, I would like you to try this example together. Do the best you can together, and I'll be right back, and we'll go over it. It's okay if you have any trouble. So I go out in the hallway, and I'm talking to her. And she's just been hassled by some of her friends. Mm -hmm. um, we talk for like three or four minutes, and then I think, okay, look, I want to I talk more about this. I'll do it in a little bit later but I've got to go back and teach my class. So I was just outside the door, around the corner to go in the doorway. Three of my campaigners, who are also my students, are up front. They've gone through the example with the class. They are teaching my class. They look at the, me and they say, we know what you're doing. You go on out there, we've got class handled. That's and they really went on teaching. That's unbelievable. That's, what, that's my favorite story. <sighs> You know, so I was telling you, like, my young life leader was my, also my history teacher. Mm -hmm. Actually, he was, we had two history teachers as a freshman in high school, and he was the opposite one. So I didn't have him, mm -hmm. wanted to have him, but he was also my golf coach and my lacrosse coach. And I remember he was the JV golf coach, and I was really bummed because I wanted to be on varsity as a freshman. And I remember playing my first varsity match, and on the eight, like, it was like one of the last holes, um, you know, golf, someone hits a golf ball. And someone's yelling four, and like I don't know what's going. On. Like I'm, you know, you're just kind of ducking your head, and I get hit in the head by a golf ball. Oh no! Yeah, and did it like hurt? I was just kind of like, this is probably not good. And like I lay down, and um, the next day in class, nothing. I mean, I was fine. Everything was okay. The next day in class, Dougie, we called him, Mr. Gagan, comes in to art my history class. It was first period. I'll never forget. Like he had a lacrosse helmet. He goes, Holroyd. Put this on, and like he gave me a lacrosse helmet, and I had to wear it the entire class. And I remember it wasn't a sense like there was no shame. It was like I thought it was the coolest thing that like 
One, he knew that happened, mm -hmm. and I just felt like almost like a, a like a not a rock star, but like I felt so honored. Like yes, like he knows me. I'm not even in his class, and he knows me. Yeah. And you it had was an this inside sense. connection with yeah. him. Yeah, loved it. Um, now, could you dive more into a little bit of each of those three? You know, when sure. It, like yes, yeah, so when it comes to the what's legal, what am I allowed to do? I, I know that could probably change state to state, maybe, but. Yeah, what are what are some of those? At least in Ohio, and maybe now in, in the Carolinas. As well, the U.S. Constitution is really what controls it. <laughs> there we go. So that's same in all states, <laughs> um, and I can't recite it to you exactly. Your math teacher, but, so you're but, fine. You yeah, I, I can't recite the history to you. But the clause, um, the first one is it says that you can't establish a religion. So what that means for me is that I can't teach about religion in a math class. Mm -hmm. If I'm an English teacher, I can teach Bible as literature. If I'm a, a history teacher, I can teach different religions, and that happens all the time. But I can't teach it devotionally. However, if a student asks me a question, I can always answer a question. Mm. Um, part of that legal guideline is not inviting during the contra contractual time. Um, but then there are also liberties in that a person that I can't be restricted from being a leader outside of school time. Mm -hmm. That's what I, what I choose to do on my own time. Can't my principal can't tell me not to do that. Yeah. Um, but now I'm going to describe a little bit about that line. So if you put your forearm in front of you, pardon me, I'm a visual teacher. Yeah. If you put your forearm in front of you, you say, okay, this is the line that the Constitution draws as legal. Now, you look a little bit below it, and that's a gray area. So we're going to say, from the floor to your arm is everything you're allowed to do by the U.S. Constitution. Mm -hmm. But if you have a principal who's a little uncomfortable with young life yeah. in the school, they feel like they have to control the school, they don't quite get this young life thing, so they might put a few more restrictions on you. So now what you're allowed to do is a little bit lower than that line of what's legal. Mm -hmm. And I, you could probably challenge them with that, but there's also something to be said about obeying authority. Yeah. And, and as we win the right to be heard with kids, winning the right to be in the school um, with the administration. And then if you have that forearm still in front of you and you go above some, sometimes what you can get away with or what you what is acceptable in a school is raised higher because now we've gained the respect of our administration mm -hmm. and they allow us to do a few more things than are probably intended. That was a good, here's a good question on that because I feel like sometimes when we're young life leaders, we think about, oh, I'm ministering to high school students. Like that's my mission field, which right. is true. Right. But how would you, being someone who's a teacher, how would you say like when we think of the school as a complete ministry field that we should get to know teachers, we should get to know faculty, we should earn mm -hmm. the right. What are some of the best ways that you saw just normal young life leaders, traditional mm -hmm. young life leaders, I guess, earn the right with teachers, earn the right with faculty and staff? Okay. I would encourage, first of all, coaching is an amazing thing because mm. that gives you a reason to be in the school. Yeah. Um, another thing is just get to know teachers. So if, they, if you are at dismissal and there are teachers who are in charge of dismissal, introduce yourself to teachers. Mm. Talk to them. Find out their names. Ask them what they teach. Do contact work with them just like you would a high school person. If yeah. you go to lunches and there are teachers who have lunch duty, talk to them. 
if you're at games or any time that you have a chance to get to know teachers and administrators, do it and introduce yourself. I would encourage every team to go in and introduce themselves to the administration. That includes secretaries. Mm -hmm. If there's a student services area where you have to check in, meet the people there so that you become a familiar and a trusted face yeah. rather than a this person is here all the time and I can't figure out what they are doing. Yeah. What would you say, you kind of hit this idea of being um, respected and getting pied in the face at club and right. then teaching the next day and, and really when it comes to, okay, do they call me by my first name at, at Young Life Club, but then mm -hmm. I get into the school, do they call me Mrs. or Miss and Mr.? Mm -hmm. um, how did you balance that? Like what are wisdom you can give us for that? I think it's an individual thing. Uh, there are some teachers who are going to be want want to be called by their last name, Mr. or Mrs. or whatever, uh, and their last name in both places. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that the name you're called really has nothing to do with the respect. Meaning, you could be on friendly terms and relational with someone, and they could call you by your last name, Mr. or Mrs. So, so and so. Or they could call you by your first name and still respect you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, my first day of school speech, kind of a spiel, I say. Um, I put up my hand, I say, you could call me Miss Rice. I'm not married, still looking. I coach, <laughs> you could call me coach. There are some people in this school who call me by my first name. It's Glenda, if you like Wicked, the Good Witch. I can't sing that high. <laughs> but you can call me any of those because I think your respect is not in a name. It's more in how we treat each other. Yeah. So I want you to respect me. Other than that, I don't care if you call me anything as long as it's clean, legal, and socially acceptable. Hmm. That's so good. Um, and then when it comes to the time management piece, like you said, yeah. teachers, you, you are, and especially there are seasons, you know, whether if you're a coach in the fall, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm coaching and I'm leading and I'm teaching. That could take you from six in the morning till 11 at night. Often. Um, how do you balance that? How do you give yourself grace when you're like, okay, I need a, I need a break right now. And a break doesn't mean I'm, I'm quitting being a leader. It just means I need a break in this season. Or mm -hmm. how, how, how do you balance that? I'm going to say uh, in most of my life, I try to live by Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. So that means as a teacher, I'm paid to be there and I'm paid to be there as a good teacher. So I'm always going to give my best effort as a teacher. I'm never going to be perfect. A teacher's work is never done. Mm. Every time you work on something and you finish it, it could probably be edited better. It could be improved. So, but I always try to prepare my best lesson. I try to get things graded back quickly and always be the best teacher I possibly can. Now during a coaching season, Yes, I'm there in the morning, right after school I have practice. If I don't have practice, I'm running a study table, then on a bus to a game. Mm. Um, and then, and it just keeps going day after day. So I know on those times that I have to prepare better for the week. I would say mostly, even not during coaching seasons, that I had to do most of my schoolwork on the weekend. Because for us, Monday night was club, Tuesday was contact work, Wednesday was campaigners. Thursday was contact work, Friday was leadership. So what do you do Saturday and Sunday? Get your work done. Mm. Now if you have a spouse or someone you need to spend time with, you work out a way that you're doing, you'll have to work it out with your spouse. Maybe they do some of something they like to do. You're also working so you're in the same room, but one's grading, one's, I don't know, doing a hobby. Yeah. Or maybe 
you just set aside, okay, I'm going to concentrate and get my work. I'm going to work these three hours on this, and then we're going to go spend time together. Also, when it comes to leading, there are times I've had to miss a night of clubber campaigners because it was a parent-teacher conference, mm -hmm. or there was a game that was scheduled on a night of one of those things, and I, you, you can't avoid it. But there are also ways that you can still kind of check in. So if I'm not at Clubber Campaigners because I have parent-teacher conferences or I have a game, I still go, if they go, if it's club and we go to Wendy, we went to Wendy's yeah. afterward, I go to Wendy's and try to meet them there. Mm -hmm. Or if they, if it's a campaigners and I miss campaigners, I might just simply the next day go, how was the lesson? What was the lesson? Will you take a picture of the, your notes and send them to me? Have I ever heard that lesson before? Oh, probably. <laughs> Do I know that Bible story? Oh, definitely. <laughs> but I'm still checking in with yeah. the people that went and touching base and letting them know that I would have rather been there. Yeah. So they're still just giving value to your activities. Mm. What do you say keeps you going in that? Because like even that schedule, you're like, okay, like Mondays till 11 o'clock, then Tuesday I have contact work. And you can hear them go, that's a, I mean, that's a full week. That's a, that's a full life. Um, what keeps you dying to yourself to keep that schedule up you know like what keeps you motivated to go got to keep doing this I would say it's just so rewarding mm. in that um, I don't want to just teach and not have the platform of young life at night to say I mean I taught math math's important okay you're going to use it mm -hmm. blah 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 but then when I get to give a club talk or a campaigners I start with I teach you math during the day it's important that you know it you need to know it for several reasons but more important than any math lesson I could ever teach you are the things I get to talk to you about here tonight. Mm. And then that would be a club talk or even a campaigners. So I think it's the opportunity to, um, yes, do my job, and yes, get to know them better, and yes, win the right for them, but then to tell them that they are valued by a God who loves them and just can't wait to get to know them. Mm. And that I can't do without being a leader. Yeah. And if I'm a leader, I mean, there are a lot of people who are leaders and not teachers, but because I've been a teacher, now I would miss out on being there with them all day. Mm. In retirement, I don't miss my 6 a.m. alarm. I don't miss <laughs> the math. I miss being around the students. Mm. What would you tell a teacher who might be listening who's going man like I I want to get involved with Young Life I just don't I, I don't know if I can I don't have the time like what um, how do you just encourage them about maybe being a teacher and being a Young Life leader uh, to me there's no greater opportunity mm. at least from my experience um, there are things that are hard to navigate, the time management, and there are some specifics, planning ahead, keeping track of things, uh, taking advantage of overlaps, uh, overlap with students. If mm -hmm. you have papers to grade and students have work to say, okay, let's meet for coffee, let's talk for 20 minutes, then you do your work and I'll do mine. Or um, drawing people in by, well, I taught math, I don't love math, but students usually need help, so I said, so what young life leader doesn't want students from their school saying, will you meet me at 7 o'clock tonight at Starbucks? Let me think about that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would also say that I didn't miss a thing 
because I would much rather have spent my life and my career doing the things I was doing, teaching, leading, coaching, being with students, and telling them about Jesus. Mm. Now, for more specifics, put my contact information yeah, on there somewhere definitely. and tell them to get in touch with me. I would love to talk with them. For sure. Different teachers, different ed majors have different concerns. Just as we have different personalities, we have different strengths and weaknesses, we have different concerns, different challenges. Uh, and I can't say that I've navigated them all, but I have 30 years yeah. of getting through it. And if you get to a point where I feel like I can't do this anymore, in my brain, I could just go down through a list I could say Mark and Amy that taught my class that day. I could say Kelsey, I could say Kaylee, I could say Brittany, I could say Alicia. I could go down through the list. Justin, there are so many names of people. As soon as I want to quit, I can just think of those lists of people that know Jesus. I'm not going to say because of me, that'd be mm. really bold <laughs> and not very, uh, not very humble. But I would say that because teachers care about them, they get to hear about Jesus, and mm. it's up to them to make their choice. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to this interview I did with Glenda Rice. I hope it was helpful. Stay tuned for more interviews and more leadership talks to hopefully help you become a better leader or a better career teacher leader. <laughs> <laughs>